0: Me with this noise? Come on, man. All right, good morning, folks. It is Friday, June 9th, 2023. Welcome to episode 384 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. The Spotify was set to Shuffle, which is good, you know, 99% of the time, but today for the broadcast, it's not good. <laughs> Messing with my production audio. Come on, Brock. All right. Good morning, folks. Let me see this really quickly. All right. Welcome to episode number 384, as I said, of the Simply, Daily, Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Lyle Murden, God Rock, <laughs> me, Jenny Housley, Abdullah, LinkedIn crew, YouTube crew, Team Live, Team Replay, Lego Sec, you, the Simply Cyber Squad community, are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. Alexandra over on, um, Primakova over on LinkedIn, coming in hot. She's been active in the community uh, just recently. It's good to have, good to have you in the community. Guys, we're going to be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day, right? I don't see these stories beforehand. You don't see them. I give my honest reaction and analysis of the story as they come in. We have a good time. It's it's all about good times here. So do enjoy yourself. Um, I, I The coffee, in case you haven't noticed, this is what it looks like when I'm sans coffee and uh, woke up like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it is a Friday, though, so cut me some slack. Um... Yesterday was a stressful stream for me, so uh, I went off without a hitch, which was super cool. We'll talk more about that later. Before we get into the top cyber news, before we inform everybody on how they can crush it as a professional or if they're breaking into the industry, allow me to say thank you to CJ.
1: What? We just become best friends. Yep.
0: Thank you so much, CJ, for the super chat and for your attendance in yesterday afternoon's uh, podcast with Intel, CJ. Your questions were awesome and definitely helped facilitate the show. Uh, but before we get into all of it, guys, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors that make it so I can bring this to you every single morning. Whether I'm, <laughs> whether I'm team all the way, red alert, super spicy Jerry, or I'm team trying to get this coffee into my bloodstream ASAP, Jerry. Barricade Cyber Solutions is consistent. They are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for business for businesses and send dedicated hard-working business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? If you know Eric Taylor and his group, you know that Barricade Cyber Solutions knows exactly how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Put them in your Rolodex. Put them on your uh, emergency. Add them to your favorites page on your iPhone. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Emotes in the emote tray if you're a squad member. That's what this emote is if you're wondering. Woo! Look at this guy coming in hot. What?
1: Did we just become best friends?
0: Yep. That right there is a 50 gifted sub from Eric Taylor. Man behind the curtain at Barricade Cyber Solution. Coming in like a wrecking ball. I came in like a wrecking ball. Thank you very much, Eric Taylor. Hey, Team uh, Simply Cyber uh, squad members, you are now receiving those squads. Larry O, Chocobo coming in. Grab those. Yeah, grab them up. Saeja knows what's up. Toasty Pops getting some. Jason, I love it. Thanks so much, uh, Eric. It's always fun uh, being able to use the emotes and participate is always a lot of fun. Where's my Oprah emote? Oprah, 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 Oprah. Everybody, you get a squad membership. You get a squad membership. Excellent. So cool. All right. I also want to say uh, thanks to Panopsi. Panopsy is um, Brandon Poole's group, another long-term evergreen sponsor of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast. Love it. I can do quantified risk assessments, uh, among other things, for your uh, business. Quantified risk assessment, it basically is an activity where they come in, they look at your people process technology, they interview your staff, they evaluate your tech stack, and then they output what your actual risk profile is. Statistically, how likely you are to re- be... Uh, encounter certain cyber incidents. So if you say to your boss or anyone, hey, what's your risk profile? What's your what's your appetite for risk? They're going to be like, I don't know. Like, I don't want bad stuff to happen. It's like, yeah, but are you willing to spend, are you willing to spend an extra 30% of your IT budget to make it not hurt? No? Okay, so then you are willing to accept some risk because you're not willing to pay to mitigate the risk, right? And that, then you can have those conversations. Obviously, you wouldn't say it with the inflection and, tone that I just used because you'd come across as a pecker head but my point is a quantified risk assessment gives you the um, ammunition and the insights to be able to have those kind of conversations with the business oh no it's all good it's all good Eric Taylor super chats coming in strong gifted subs coming in strong a lot of new um, um, squad members so I genuinely appreciate it Thank you all very much. Now, if you are here, Team Live, lucky you, you lucky ducks, because you're uh, getting a lot of new squad members coming in hot. And I will say, if your team re- well, if you're here live, hashtag Team Live, enjoy those gifted subs. If your team replay, hashtag Team Replay, do not have FOMO if your team replay that these gifted subs are dropping, and you're like, ah, how can I can get these? Um, I will say, if there are more gifted subs and there are people in team live who can receive the gifted subs I do believe they roll into the um the team replay James mcquigan from the top rope with a super chat what
1: did we just become best friends yep thank you so much James
0: mcquigan two smiles two thumbs and a cup of coffee I'm on it guys stay tuned to jaw jack and I'll give you a uh, a big announcement uh, on James Mcquigan James McQuiggan just did like the double eye shocked emote. He's like, um, what's Jerry gonna say about me? But stay tuned to Jaw and re- just remind me about James McQuiggan, please. Oh my God, the coffee's a must today, guys. If you're on uh, Team Replay, hashtag Team Replay in the comments. Love, love the uh, the commentary and the engagement in Team Replay. Um, like I said, I do that in the evenings for about 30 minutes every night, and it's genuinely engaging with y'all. If your team. Hybrid, you got here late or you got to leave early, you're going to catch up on the uh, replay. Let us know in chat, Team Hybrid. It's a special uh, moniker, but it is a group that we are into supporting. And then finally, my favorite, I see it every time, Team Passive Observer. So hashtag Passive Observer. If you're shy, socially introverted, you see all these chats flying by and you don't know how to engage, but you know you want to, let me help you. Take the first step into uh, professional networking. Step into the light of social engagement. Hashtag Passive Observer in chat. Bjorn's here live. Bjorn is a squad member. Bjorn's uh, professionally networking. Take that first step. You're going to be genuinely happy when you begin your professional networking activities. Emil, good morning. Hashtag Passive Observer. It's very nice to see you. Same for Belinda Kachucky. Kachuki. All right, hold on, hold Cyber- on. No, you slow your roll. CISO series. I'm having a moment up here. I'm I'm taking a walk up here. Don't come at me with the news too quickly. Oh, all right. Look at all these emotes. Hey, Adrian Harris. All right, guys. The um the uh the production studio here is pushing the news, so obviously I'm uh, dragging my butt up here. So give me a second. I'm gonna take one more slug of coffee. I'm gonna say thank you to everybody in chat. Last night's interview with thank you awesome. Thank you, Matthew Pelkey. Dude, I'll talk more about Venky at um at Jaw jacking. We have a lot to talk about in jaw jacking. Okay, what's up, Egypt? I see you. Uh Ab- Abdel Rahman. Uh Rahman. Love it. Oh, all right. Let me take one more slug of coffee and then we'll get into the news. It's it's one of those days, y'all. And you you know what's funny? I usually give the college kids a tough time on Friday mornings. Hmm. <laughs> all right, y'all. Let's Let's get into the news. Sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid roll. Security headlines.
2: It's Friday, June 9th, 2023. New power drop malware targets U.S. aerospace defense industry. Researchers from the AdLumen Threat Research Group warned that this PowerShell-based malware uses advanced techniques to evade detection, including deception, encoding, and encryption. At this time, AdLumen has yet to link the malware to a specific threat actor, but they believe it could be a nation-state actor due to the level of sophistication of the malware and the nature of the targets. <coughs> the researchers discovered PowerDrop in the network of a domestic aerospace defense contractor in May of this year. Zipper giant.
0: All right, so, you know, okay, so PowerShell-based malware. First of all, that's not new. PowerShell malware has been around forever. If you want, go look at Empire, E-M-P-I-R-E, Empire. It's a C2 framework, a post-exploitation framework, fully built in PowerShell. Um, you know, there's been PowerShell malware everywhere. Like a lot of the droppers, which would be kind of like your initial infection, are, uh, are take advantage of PowerShell. Uh, if you don't know, really quickly, PowerShell is a Windows-based language. It's used for like IT administration. Like DOS used to, be, I mean, DOS a disk operating system. It's the black terminal shell that you see on Windows machines. That used to be like the only way. And then as you know, time you know advanced and and technology got better. Uh, Microsoft created PowerShell or wrote PowerShell and. Um, for IT administration, but obviously, like living off the land techniques, uh, totally take advantage of PowerShell. So the fact that this is PowerShell malware shouldn't scare you. Like, um, in fact, there's a, um, is it Matthew Graber? There, there's some, there's a really, I think it's called PS Exploit. Um, so PowerShell file extensions are .ps1, and I think it's PS Exploit is a, um, it's a really rich PowerShell um and maybe it's not called powershell exploit anyways maybe someone in chat knows what i'm talking about but um anyways, so this isn't anything crazy the fact that it has detection evasion encoding encryption these are all standard you know capabilities of modern good malware right if you're just some if you're just some bootlick You know you write crappy malware but if you're a nation-state threat actor level you're writing good malware that has all of kind of the capabilities um the one thing that i think is interesting is that it says it's targeting the aerospace defense industry um i have to imagine that is like um you know your lockheed martins or your northrop grumman um so again again it's probably for espionage purposes go back and this has been happening forever Go back and look at the, um, like, so I guess, hold on, two things. One, there's nothing in this story that causes me to be scared, right? You may, if you work in aerospace or you work for a defense contractor or you're in the defense industrial base in the United States, you may want to check out PowerDrop and just see what the IOCs are to make sure that you're aware of them and then maybe test them uh, with your EDR to make sure that they fire, but there's nothing innovative or new about what's going on here. And I want to illustrate the point because I always find this really funny as far as like aerospace industry espionage has been going on forever. Check this out. Okay, look at this. You know what the United States um, challenger program looked like? This right here is a, this is a Russian, um US, uh, yeah, US space shuttle. This is a Russian space shuttle. Now Russia abandoned the space shuttle program, but you may notice that it looks incredibly similar to the United States, um, space shuttle program. I said challenger. That was just one of them. The one that uh, unfortunately exploded in 86. But my point is this aerospace industry espionage. It's, this is, you know, this is from the eighties. This is like cold war stuff. All right. So this is cool it's interesting it keeps going if you work in defense industrial base or or aerospace um be aware of it but you know we're not we're not sounding the alarms we're not
2: we're not terminating the stream to go take care of this and ykk confirms cyber attack targeted us networks the japanese zipper manufacturer confirmed that its us operations were targeted by hackers in recent weeks but said it was able to contain the threat before damage was caused The Tokyo-based corporation would not say if it had been hit with ransomware, but a spokesperson told Recorded Future News that its cybersecurity team contained the threat before significant damage was done or sensitive information was exfiltrated. Although no group has been formally identified in this attack, the Lockbit Ransomware Group posted the company on its leak site on June 2nd, threatening to leak data stolen from YKK by June 16th.
0: Yeah. So Lockbit. Okay. So first of all, I put it in chat. Um, Outcast, you know, somebody call outcast, right? Famously, uh, you know, YKK, like right now, if you look down at your pants or your shorts and look at the zipper, you will see that YKK stamped on it. They basically have a lock on the zipper (laughs) on the zipper industry. Uh, And they always have basically an outcast famously, Just Andre 3000 had a line at one point where he just says like, YKK own your zipper, right? So anyways, want to shout out to them. Um, It looks like YKK, even though they're Tokyo-based, they have 44,000 employees. Who knew zippers could be big business? They have US offices targeted in a ransomware attack. Lockbit is the culprit behind it. Lockbit is a ransomware as a service threat actor, which basically means they have affiliates, which means that they can spread wide because it's not like a group of like eight criminals kind of operating like a, um, you know, inverted justice league or whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't know what the bad guys, you know, sinister six or something like that. It's not that it's like they give, if anyone wants to be part of their gang through an affiliation, you provide um, initial access and and drop the uh, payload and Lockbit will handle the rest and then give you a taste for your, um, involvement in the, in the crime, which means it's very appealing. Guys, I I don't want to have to, yeah, Legion of Doom. Thank you very much, Sean. I I, want to remind you guys, like, think about it for a hot minute. Okay. We're dealing with rising inflation. We're dealing with layoffs, right? AI is, you know, some jobs are kind of going to AI. If I'm, you know, Well, I mean, let's be real. Like I have two children. I have a wife. I I provide for my family financially. Right. I like, let's say I lose my job and, um, and I'm in an industry that isn't awesome, like cybersecurity. Okay. I'm in something else that like, I'm in like the newspaper print business. Okay. Or I'm like a paper boy, right? Let's just play that. Okay. So I'm a paper boy. I get laid off. Like, I'm not saying I would commit crime, but if you think about it for a minute, if you are pushed into a position where you don't have good options, you may consider options that you wouldn't normally consider in you know in normal circumstances if if I'm trying to tiptoe around this thing but hopefully you guys are picking up what I'm putting down so my point is ransomware as a service the affiliate model is very appealing because you don't need to understand ransomware you do not need to build up a infrastructure to support the back end of this thing all you need to do is do something that you've been doing every day already and you get paid handsomely right so there's a lot of reward it's level of difficulty is low and it's a quick win right so there's a lot of appeal to 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 convince somebody to be criminal and commit this type of you know crime for lack of a better term um and, and on top of it, I've been reading... I don't have it... Uh, I have it over here. Hold on one second. I've been reading... Um, I've been reading Kelly Rich Pope's book, Fool Me Once. It's all about fraud. Uh, and she does a really excellent job. I'm actually going to try to get her on the stream. She does an excellent job of not just laying out fraud as like, here's a crime, here's a crime, here's a crime. But she actually gets into the human psyche of like, who is a predator in these crimes? It's not always... It's not always somebody who's like, Ooh, I'm going to be malicious and like twi- like twirling a mustache. Sometimes it's someone who's in a bad situation or it just, you know, happens upon them. Right. Imagine if you will, uh, Amazon sends you two packages when you only ordered one. You, If like you're, 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 uh, you're presented the opportunity to not send the second package back and keep it. Cause no one will know. Right. I mean, that's, that, that's fraud. <laughs> you're committing fraud at that point. Um, so it, it, it's really a good book anyways ykk sorry love you mean it i'm still there, i'm sure at the end of the day ykk is just a manufacturing company manufacturing is the number one industry targeted for ransomware and uh this
2: just goes to show it Barracuda urges customers to replace vulnerable appliances immediately Following up on a story we covered last week, enterprise security company Barracuda has now warned its customers against using email security gateway appliances impacted by a recently disclosed zero-day exploit and to replace them immediately. A patch for the vulnerability which has been exploited since October 2022 had been issued by Barracuda last month to stop the exploit from allowing ESG backdooring. Quote, the vulnerability existed in a module which initially screens the attachments of incoming emails, end quote, the company had said previously. They added, quote, no other Barracuda products, including our SAS email security services, were subject to the vulnerability identified. End quote. Easily Ugh. Ugh. Okay. all right. <laughs> okay.
0: So if you didn't uh, pick up what this story is saying, okay, allow me, and I will try to be quick on this one since I've been long in the last two. Barracuda, they sell uh, security appliances, okay? One particular appliance is an email gateway, okay? So far, so good, Jar. They have a zero-day exploit. It's not really a zero-day because they do have a patch for it, so that's an uh, inappropriate use of the word zero-day, but they have a what appears to be an easily exploitable vulnerability. Okay, that's not good. You've got my attention. And even though there's a patch, they are advising their customers to replace the vulnerable appliances immediately. Okay? Immediately. This is this is a terrible look for Barracuda. First of all, second of all, this is this is kind of an absurd um guidance from barracuda okay let me tell you why first of all your product is so vulnerable that the the preferred solution in a vacuum is to replace it that's that really says you know that that reads terrible for you and your product right where the solution is to get rid of it altogether first of all second of all there's a patch available for it and they say you should still replace. Okay, that's interesting, but we're going to keep going. Third of all, any, and here's the real, here's the real thing. Okay, any business that owns this piece of technology, you're not going to replace it immediately. The only time you would replace something immediately is if you're actively compromised and it's like it's like a hole, in, and it really is this way. But like, it's a hole in the side of the hull of your boat, Jamie Flack. I'm doing a I'm doing a nautical reference here, bud, which is totally out of my element. But I'm speaking to Jamie. It's a hole in the side of your hull, okay? And water's coming in. If you just have a hole in the side of your hull, the business might be like, well, it's still not a big deal, right? The second water is pouring into your hull, your boat is beginning to sink. That's when you say, "How do we fix this? We need to replace this immediately." Okay. That's really the only time. There's no way you're going to be able to go to the CFO right now and I don't know how much this costs, so if it's less than like if it's less than like $5,000, maybe you could just get it replaced immediately. But like going and saying, "Hey, we need tech to be replaced immediately." That doesn't that doesn't usually work, okay? Here. In reality, in reality, what you need to do is plan it's called tech refresh right you have to plan for tech re- you have to plan for tech refresh okay you have to get budget guys it's june 9th a lot of companies their fiscal year starts july 1st you know what you don't do submit budget 2 weeks before the start of the fiscal year budgets have already been submitted so if you're looking to get budget for this tech Immediately, that's not happening. Again, if it's low money, you can't. There's petty cash and stuff like that. But if this was like a two hundred thousand dollar device, probably not happening, right? Make it work, Jerry. Here's some bubble gum and duct tape. Figure it out. We'll get it. We'll get it replaced in July of twenty five. All right. Now again, if it, you're actively compromised, or you know, then you'll get their attention. But it, it's just not a good. It's not good. Um. Second of all, guys, when you and I, I'm so sorry, I said I was going to be quick, but it's just one of those days, okay? When you are going to replace a piece of technology immediately, you know what you don't do? Dude, it's not a freaking laptop. It's not a laptop where you're like, oh, just throw that one in the trash. Like, here's a new laptop. It's not that. It's a, It's a IT infrastructure appliance. You literally have to take it out, okay? Well, first of all, you gotta figure out what's the impact of it not being there for a second, right? This this delivers email. Spoiler alert, in 2023, email is a mission critical component of any business, right? We love our Slack and our Discord and stuff, but dude, email is is mission critical. Period. Full stop. All right. So we're gonna take the email appliance out. Guess what? The second you take that out, email's not flowing. Right? Or you you like allow it to pass the the filter, which is what the appliance is doing in the first place. And now all the fishes are getting in for however long until you put a new appliance there. So, so I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry, but like this is important. But like so, you have to order a new appliance immediately. You have to pay for it. It has to arrive. You have to have the um, change window scheduled. You have to remove the appliance. You have to have the knowledge to know what the hell. You- to know what the crap you're doing, take it out, put the new one in, plug it up physically, then you have to go into the admin console, configure it correctly, which is another, like, you might not do it correctly, right? We've seen Carl do it a million times, Whoa! right? Then you have to test it. Switching an appliance immediately is not a trivial activity, right? I hope I hope that this short TED talk has conveyed to you This guidance is hot trash. And I get what Barracuda is saying. They're saying our appliance is a dumpster fire. Replace it immediately. We're saying this in public forums so we don't get sued later on when your business goes under because you got hosed because our appliance didn't do its problem. But it's not trivial. It's not trivial. You need time. You need money. You need expertise. You need coordination. This is a massive business impact to switch immediately. So, not a good luck, okay? Thank you.
2: Fancy! Exploitable Microsoft Visual Studio bug opens developers to takeover. Security researchers are warning about a bug in Microsoft Visual Studio installer that gives cyber attackers a way to create and distribute malicious extensions to application developers under the guise of being a legitimate software publisher. From there, they could infiltrate development environments, taking control, poisoning code, stealing high-value intellectual property, and more. Microsoft issued a patch for the spoofing vulnerability, tracked as CVE 2023-28299, within its monthly security update for April. According to Veronis, the bug merits attention because it is easily exploitable and exists in a product with a 26% market share and more than 30,000 customers.
0: All right, uh, I don't fully understand uh, what exactly this uh, bug does. Um, I, okay, so I didn't fully appreciate what this bug does, but what I can tell you is it's very easily exploitable bug, so that's not good. That easy exploitation increases the vulnerability score of any vulnerability, okay? Second of all, this is in Microsoft Visual Studio only, which you might say like, okay, that doesn't really affect me. However, according to the article, Microsoft Visual Studio has a 26% market share. So if if you walk into a business and there's four people working developing code and they're using Visual Studio IDE, one of them's definitely I mean, excuse me, if they're developing code for Windows, one of them's definitely using Visual Studio statistically speaking. Um, BSEC saying it sounds like they can uh, take over your environment. Okay, well, <laughs> full full environment takeover is not good. Uh, last time I checked, hold on, let me check my notes. Yeah, no, full environment takeover. It that's on the uh, really bad section of the um, scatter plot. Um, so the 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 quick t- uh, TLDR here is, I would target your. This is an opportunity for end user awareness. I would. Forward this to your research and development team, your IT team, and if you have developers in-house, that team, and just say, Hey, you know, guy, I just wanted you to be aware of this Visual Studio uh, bug. There's it's being exploited in the wild, use those terms and say, Hey, you know, like whatever you'd have to read the whole article. There's probably a patch or some type of um some type of workaround to avoid exploitation, or at minimum. Make it, uh, make it known how the threat actors are actually compromising. It says a threat actor could impersonate a popular publisher and issue a malicious extension to compromise the system. Okay, so social engineering attack on developers. So yeah, that's what it is. It's a social engineering attack on developers that does a technical exploitation. Final thing I'll say about this is if you think that this isn't that big a deal, I would ask you to Google Solar SolarWinds, SolarWinds compromise or SolarWinds incident or SolarWinds supply chain attack. And uh, that will show you what can be done if you can compromise a developer. Very bad, very bad news. Like the SolarWinds attack was arguably one of the most sophisticated, involved, elegant attacks in modern history. And it started with a compromised developer. All right.
2: Let's do the mid-roll. And now, a word from our sponsor, Trend Micro. Hybrid work, cloud adoption and shadow IT have Uh introduced new cybersecurity risks to organizations. Security leaders are left asking, how can I manage our expanding attack surface? Trend Micro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities in their Risk to Resilience world tour. Hear from experts on the latest threat landscape trends, solutions, and platform strategies to manage risk and defend your organization with speed and accuracy. <laughs> hey, Lana. Find the closest city to you and register today to take a leap towards a more resilient future. Head to trendmicro.com slash CISO series.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I want to call out really too, Christopher Bradley points out LastPass was also a compromised dev. That is true. The SolarWinds one... Uh, is a really good one because the actual threat actors were writing actual code as the actual developer, <laughs> like doing work uh, just to make sure that they could put their um, malicious changes in and not get caught. The last pass one, um, it had less to do with developer, but the developer, him, the developer itself was compromised. And then they used the developers access the solar winds, the, the, the threat actors were actually writing code in an IDE, uh, small, small, um, small nuance of a difference but but chris bradley's right christopher bradley's correct that was a uh, last pass was a pretty gnarly attack as well all right it's the mid-roll everybody alana's here so we can do the uh simple minds now we can do the uh the uh breakfast club sounds all right guys I want to thank all of you for being here. If you're getting value from the stream, I know today's been a really kind of wild stream. I've been a little bit more uh, stream of consciousness all over the place. But hopefully you're getting value out of the stream. Entertainment value, educational value. If you are, do me a favor and hit that like button. It would go a long way to helping other people find the Simply Cyber channel and the Morning Threat Briefing live streams. I'm all about um I'm all about support, inclusion, making, you know, kind of democratizing education and cybersecurity. So, hitting the like button helps other people find it. That's my goal with the Morning Threat Briefing. CJ dropping super chat bombs.
1: What? Did we just become best friends.
0: Yep. Thank you so much CJ. Guys, I want to thank the stream sponsors Barricade Cyber, Panopsi Security all of you squad members showing up on the regular supporting the community hooking it up i want to share about the simply cyber community challenge guys this is an initiative currently anthony pensibane is rocking the baton and i saw anthony's post uh, just yesterday and i commented on it straight crushing it aspiring cti analyst so if you're into cyber threat intel connect with anthony but Anthony's got the baton for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. He's going to tag somebody. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an initiative that we started as a community in order to allow you to build your professional network and engage with like minded cybersecurity professionals. Go on LinkedIn, search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and connect literally, make the connection first level connection with everybody who's commenting and posting on that Simply Cyber Community Challenge post. Build your network. You can take it with you. It doesn't expire. It doesn't get old. And when you're posting on LinkedIn or when you're reading other people's posts, guess what? It'll be perfectly curated with great cybersecurity content of great people. You can begin to engage. You can begin to professionally network. You can grow your, you know, network and then take advantage of it. I'm telling you guys, having a professional network is so incredibly valuable, do not wait. Every single person that has broken into the industry in the last year, ask them. I I promise you, ask any single person that broke into the industry in the last year, whether or not professional networking was important to them and their success in getting into the industry. I guarantee you 100% of them will say yes. So take advantage of that. Uh, Jenny Housley, if you can, keep an eye out for Anthony. If he if he doesn't uh, have one, if he's not here, uh, I'll tag somebody. But just let me know. Every single day of the week is a uh, special activity. Yesterday was Thursday meme, where you got to see Dan Reardon make a meme of me blowing fire out my butt. <laughs> but Fridays are reserved for my son, Grayson. And he does a joke of the week. Uh, and today is no different. So. Grayson uh, came up to me right before the stream and he said, "Dad, here's the joke of the day." I said, "Okay, give it to me, son." He said, "What? Um, hold on. What, what happens? What happens when the fish? What, what happens when fishes? What happens when a fish tells the octopus a joke? What happens when the fish tells the octopus a joke? Or why does the fish like telling octopuses jokes?" That's it. The fish likes telling octopuses jokes because he's always cracking them up. All right. Hopefully, I did. Uh, Jonathan Carpenter's got the the baton. Very nice. Hopefully, I did right by Grayson with that joke. El um, <laughs> Scott Munoz slapping eight knees. I'll I'll follow up with uh, with Grayson and let let him know. That's really funny. Uh, It looks like Anthony Carpenter has been tagged by, I mean, not Anthony Carpenter, uh, Scott Carpenter, excuse me, has been tagged by, or Jonathan Carpenter. Jesus, Jerry, you're all over the place. Jonathan Carpenter has been tagged by Anthony, so Jonathan, if you can, let us know. Let us know if you accept the challenge, and we'll keep on going. I'm going to keep rolling, um, and then we'll, we'll have an extended jaw jacking.
2: Scientists claim greater than 99% identification rate of ChatGPT content. A team of researchers led by the University of Kansas believe their classifier is effective because it homes in on a range of stylistic differences between human and AI writing. Scientists are more likely to have a richer vocabulary and write longer paragraphs containing more diverse words than machines. They also use punctuation, like question marks, brackets, semicolons, more frequently than ChatGPT, except for speech marks used for quotations. They claim ChatGPT is also less precise and doesn't provide specific information about figures or other scientists' names as compared to humans. Real science papers also use more equivocal language, using words like however, but, although, this, and because. It is important to note, however, that since the key goal of this work was a proof-of-concept study, the scope of the work was limited and follow-up studies are needed to determine the extent of this approach's applicability.
0: All right, so first of all, um, shall
1: we play a game?
0: Yep, there we go, and then...
1: What? Did we just become best friends? Yep! uh,
0: James McQuiggan with the super chat for the jokes in his dad abase. James McQuiggan is a... he is a level 50 um dad joke machine, okay, to have a little World of Warcraft uh tie in here. Uh secondly, Jonathan Carpenter has accepted the challenge. Jonathan, I know you said you're new here. I'd like to welcome you on behalf of the Simply Cyber community. Um if you're new here, uh, could can someone um uh, please explain to Jonathan what the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is so he realizes what he just signed up for. Uh Jonathan, it's a good time. Uh catch me at Jaw Jack in, or here. Catch me out yeah, catch me outside at the end about Jaw Jacket, and we can do that. Or, or community members, can you guys help Jonathan out? And then we'll get into that. Um, okay, so scientists claim greater than 99% ID rate on ChatGPT. On the Simply Cyber community, uh, channel. on the Simply Cyber channel, I have produced probably like the last four weeks have been ChatGPT videos. Next Wednesday will be my final video in the ChatGPT series. So I, I preface that what I'm about to say with that, just to point out that I have spent a lot of time, you know, playing with chat GPT and messing with chat GPT and doing different things. Okay. Scientists claiming 99% identification rate. I bet you that's correct. However, as they said, they need to do additional, um, uh, research. And by the way, I just used, however, and a comma, which is two things they said, um, you know, call out chat GPT. So maybe I am a bot. I I am. We play a game. I guess I'm AI. Here's the thing. With that, if you ask ChatGPT like, write a intro to the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, it will write something, right? It never ChatGPT never says I don't know what you're talking about or I don't know. It'll make a it'll make a run at it. It'll make up data. We saw last week lawyers were using it to write briefings and it was citing cases that didn't exist. Okay? So ChatGPT will do whatever it wants. However, I bet you anything if you were to, um, oh god, prom- it's called priming, right? So there's prompting ChatGPT, which is basically like tell me something, and then it 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 spits it out, right? You're prompting it. There's another thing called priming ChatGPT or priming the AIs, which is basically setting it up with a certain thing. So if you like, for me, um, with the resumes, right? I would say to ChatGPT, let's role play. You are a hiring manager and a director of information security role with a focus on uh, security operations. You're hiring an entry-level security operations analyst who is going to be looking at SIM alerts and notifying customers because you're an MSP. Now, look at my resume and tell me where you think I'm a strong candidate or not a strong candidate. Everything about that would probably detonate this research because I've primed it to have a perspective to, you know, you can to have an angle of focus, all these things. You could tell ChatGPT, pretend you're a third grader. You could tell ChatGPT, write this in a fun, playful style. You know, tell ChatGPT to like, use a lot of emotes and stuff, right? So you can prime ChatGPT to have whatever perspective or whatever, you know, level of education you want. So I think that this research probably works, but it it is... I, I bet you there's a limitation on no priming for this. Okay, that's what I think's going on here. Either way, shall we play a game? Rock and roll. Uh, one final thing I'll say about this, just because it's really interesting. <clears throat> I know a professor somewhere had his students write a paper. He said, "Okay, I want you to write a paper on um, whatever politics in the United States." Okay, or write a write a paper on whatever. <clears throat> and he said I want you to use I want you to use ChatGPT to write it, okay? Like I, like basically there's all this concern about plagiarism and everything like that and students cheating with ChatGPT. He literally told them, "I want you to use ChatGPT. Then I want you to fact-check the paper." And what the students found was there was a lot of falsehoods and a lot of lies in the paper, and the exercise wasn't to write the paper, the exercise was to discover That ChatGPT hallucinates and cites things that don't exist and stuff like that. I found it a really interesting academic exercise. That's why I shared it with y'all.
2: Cisco fixes AnyConnect bug giving Windows system privileges. Cisco has now fixed a high severity vulnerability found in Cisco Secure Client, formerly AnyConnect Secure Mobility Client, software that can let attackers escalate privileges to the system account used by the operating system. This software enables employees to work from anywhere via a secure virtual private network and provides admins with endpoint management and telemetry features. Low-privileged local attackers would have been able to exploit the security flaw tracked as CVE 2023-20178 in low-complexity attacks that don't require user interaction. The bug was fixed in AnyConnect Secure Mobility Client for Windows 4.10 MR7 and Cisco Secure Client for Windows 5.0 MR2. All right.
0: Cisco AnyConnect is a VPN client that sits on endpoints, and it allows it allows um, <clears throat> endpoints, like your laptop, the traveling salesman, Carl, Carl! to remote back into the mothership, uh, on a secure connection, right? This is how remote workforce happens in 2023. Uh, Apparently there was a bug that would give windows system privileges system. If you don't know, is the same as root on a Linux box. It's like super, super user. You get system privileges. You own the box. You have the jewels. Um, It's it's good. Now the vulnerability does have a seven, eight level uh, out of 10, right? So vulnerabilities get a score between zero and 10. It has a 7.8, which is high. But I would say that this requires you to already have, um, it said local low-privilege access to the box. Low-privilege meaning a a generic user account, right? So you just have access to the box in some capacity. This is a privilege escalation vulnerability. So if you've heard the term privilege escalation, this is an actual example of that. Um, It said local, low-privilege. Local means that you need to be physically at the machine, not remoted into it. Um, I'd have to dig into why. I'm not sure what it is about being physically at the box versus remoted in that would make a difference. I don't see any reason why there would be a difference. Maybe if there's some red teamers in here um, who want to let me know. Uh, I'd love that. But this is, um, if you're running Cisco AnyConnect, which many businesses are, uh, you may want to make sure that these are getting updated um, just as a, a, this isn't a shut everything down and make this a top priority. But you should make sure that this is getting done either automatically or you notify people or you push it. If you can uh, remotely or if you can centrally manage an update of the AnyConnect, do that. Again, I'm not a super VPN uh, Cisco VPN expert, so I don't know if there's some way. Uh, like when you connect into the VPN concentrator which is where the VPN client would connect into if there's a way to check what version of the AnyConnect client is running and then force an update uh, if that's the case yep yep exactly leonardo system privileges you can do anything on the box i my question was i don't understand why it's a local low privilege vulnerability like what what about it is local versus remote right i mean if i can if, if i can remote into your box you know as generic end-user, why can't I exploit this vulnerability to escalate privileges? What, what about it do I have to be local for? That, that's my only um,
2: confusion. New chat GPT attack technique spreads malicious packages. Vulcan Cyber's Voyager 18 research team described the discovery in an advisory published this week. Based on their proof of concept, researcher Bar Lagnado said the team identified a new malicious package spreading technique they called AI package hallucination. The technique involves posing a question to ChatGPT, requesting a package to solve a coding problem, and receiving multiple package recommendations, including some not published in legitimate repositories. By replacing these non-existent packages with their own malicious ones, attackers can deceive future users who rely on ChatGPT's recommendations. That's cool. That's really cool.
0: Okay, so really quick, Sergeant, Sergeant Fighter? What is it? Yeah, Sergeant Fighter... Uh, is a Marine. So, uh, for all the Marines here, oorah! Thanks for being here. Uh, I genuinely appreciate I appreciate all the armed services, but the Marine Corps has a very special place in my heart, uh, for those who didn't know. And I can, if you ask me at jawjack, and I'll explain why if you're interested. So check this out. This is a cool attack. This is a cool attack, all right? Head, head nod head, or hat tip to the threat actors. So here's the deal. You ask ChatGPT to write code. As I just mentioned in the last story, or two stories ago, ChatGPT will hallucinate and make crap up sometimes, right? So you say, hey, write hello world, which is like the basic entry um, program that anyone writes when they're learning a new language. Print hello world, okay? Well, ChatGPT might say, you need to import the sys.lib library and the jerry.fubar library, okay, just to be silly. Well, the jerry.fubar library does not exist, obviously. But if I'm a malicious threat actor, what I go do is I create some nasty, filthy, tentacles slapping around malware. And I put it in a little jar and I put it up on the shelf and it's like all slapping around. Like, you know, it's just like, like an alien. And, uh, and I put a label on the jar and it says jerry.fubar library, right? And now I've created this malicious thing and ChatGPT is out there telling people, hey bra, you wanna write some code? Go ahead, go ahead and import this jerry.foobar. You see what see what the attack is? You're not you're not injecting malware into it. You're basically setting like little um traps, right? And you're hoping, I mean, this is a pretty low, low likelihood of attack, plus you don't know who you're going to get compromised. You can't spearfish the target. It's like, you know, this is the ultimate prey and sp- spray and pray attack. But you're hoping that ChatGPT will say Jerry.fubar library, and some nitwit is going to copy and paste the code from ChatGPT into uh, an, an ID or an application, compile it and roll it out into production. And the second that actual program runs, it's going to reach out. Rawr, and it's going to grab the Jerry.fubar, you know, malicious payload off the shelf. And it's going to open up the jar and it's going to dump it on to the uh, endpoint. And it's going to say, yeah. And so what's ended up happening is a threat actor can detonate malware uh, because there's a disconnect because the, the the developer doesn't know that they're importing a malicious library because they're just rely, relying on ChatGPT. And ChatGPT doesn't know that that's a malicious library because ChatGPT is making crap up. That's the attack. This is just a fun little, uh, this is, to me, this is like a a, a concept that uh, ethical hackers, pen testers, drinking beers at DEF CON come up with, right? This is not really that likely an attack. Why? Think about what has to happen here, right? One, ChatGPT has to consistently recommend this non-existent library. What are the chances of that happening? I don't know, but I mean, come on. Two, you have to write a malicious library and then name it whatever this, whatever it is ChatGPT is doing. Two, three, some developer has to be a fool, right?
1: You are so dumb.
0: You are really dumb. Some developer has to copy and paste without checking anything out of ChatGPT and load it. Then, three, four, they have to detonate it in a a rich environment that has any value. Then five, the threat actor, the code actually has to run. The threat actor has to get them. You know, maybe it's some college student who's testing something, trying to get, you know, get through the lab so he can get out and get in, start drinking his Borg on Thursday at 2 p.m., right? It's just, it's a cool idea, but it's not, this isn't practical. No sophisticated threat actors like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know any threat actor that's making that noise, but whatever, it's Friday.
2: Flegia leaks sensitive job seeker information. The research team at Cybernews has discovered an open Amazon Web Services cloud instance containing over 360,000 files that it has deduced as belonging to Flegia. That's like a German healthcare recruitment platform that hires healthcare professionals for hospitals, nursing homes, outpatient services, and intensive care the exposed aws bucket held hundreds of files containing sensitive information within user submitted resumes this included full names dates of birth occupation history home addresses phone numbers and email addresses don't forget
0: all right come on uh thank you very much leonardo i'll go check that if you guys haven't gotten on the discord i uh, go check it out leonardo um red teamer in chat right now has dropped some, some, shared some information on the uh, uh, main SC channel in Discord if you wanna dig in there. I will be digging in there myself after the stream. All right, couple things here. One, this this is just a healthcare company that has a lot of uh, shared data. This isn't delivering patient care. This is a platform that helps uh, healthcare providers deliver, deliver patient care. They left an S3 bucket <sighs> configured to to expose data to the internet. Okay guys, I haven't lost my, I've already lost my mind a whole bunch on this stream. So I'm probably not gonna do it right now, but but come on. Like if I'm not mistaken at this point in 2023, and, and hold on, let me back up for a second. S3 buckets are basically databases. That's what ADA, uh, Amazon, Amazon Web Services, which is basically the cloud. A lot of technology solutions are built on AWS, okay? AWS offers databases. Databases are a, you know, a a standard uh, component of any like web application, right? So you're putting your patient information, your employee information, whatever information into this application. It's got to get stored in a database, okay? That's what the S3 bucket is. Now, the S3 bucket has to be configured. It needs to be able to uh, retrieve information and update information, delete information, add information, okay? All the standard things you do with databases. Okay, well who can do that? Where can they do it? Where? How can interfaces do that, right? Normally, okay, you put the database behind the firewall. It's not in the DMZ or the internet facing zone of a network. That's where the web server sits, right? Like you're watching this on YouTube, okay? Or LinkedIn. You're looking at it through the front end interface. This is being delivered to you through an application server. You're not able to touch the database, right? The metadata of like every comment that you're putting into chat, it's getting stored in some type of um, relational database, right? In the back end. Probably a NoSQL database, but that's irrelevant. The point is, you're not supposed to be able to directly access it unless you configure it to be that way, right? Sometimes you want it to be that way, right? Like it's a. Uh, Uh, a a repo or resources or something like that. In 2023, you literally, the AWS S3 buckets come configured to not be publicly facing. So somebody somewhere went in and tweaked it and configured it and made it publicly leakable. This is a major problem. By the way, Germany is in the European Union as as far as I know, which means it's, uh, it's GDPR is, is a relevant law to them. This company, Flegia, uh, is definitely gonna get GDPR fine. So that's not gonna be good. This is gonna cost some money. But at the end of the day, it just annoys me because I, I, if I had to speculate, little tinfoil hat action, if I had to speculate, something wasn't working right. Something wasn't working with the application. And some engineer went in and started tweaking the, uh, the settings. And opened up the S3 bucket, and it either fixed the problem right then. And they're like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to go. Uh, it is Germany, so they're going to go to like, um, you know, Oktoberfest, some beer garden, dra- you know, like draft a uh, Pilsner or something like that, right? High fives all around because they fixed the application. Or they tweaked it, tweaked it, tweaked it. It still didn't fix the problem, and they didn't go back and un like, and configure it to be secure again. One of those two situations happened, if I had to guess. (sighs) Anyways, it's not good. You really should have processes in place to validate your configurations. Final thing I'll say on this, okay? And I know we're a couple minutes over. Final thing I'll say on this. A lot of times, like a lot of times, engineers will roll out a new product and they'll test the crap out of it when they roll it out, okay? Hey, everything's secure. Everything's awesome. No problem. Yes, cool. Then they're in the operations life, uh, like operational phase of the system life cycle, and it never gets really validated again. There's no coming back and reviewing. Changes get made all the time to the application, but it's just business as usual. Hey, is this thing secure? Oh yeah. When we rolled it out, we tested the hell out of this thing. It's secure. Good to go. The problem is, when you start modifying it and configuring it and adding things and changing things, you're changing the state. You're changing the known state that you tested, and no one really goes back and tests again. Why? Because it takes time. It takes money. It takes energy. It takes effort. And you're already the engineers are already working on another project. You don't even have the resources anymore. It's so true. It happens all the time. Fussy! All right, guys. Thanks for indulging me as I freaked out and flipped out on the stream this morning. Let me... Let me do some music. If you were here just for the news, uh, I genuinely appreciate you. Do doo, doo. I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Um, if you were here just for the news, I bid you good day. Um, have a wonderful weekend. This was a crazy week. We got to the end of it though. I'm, I'm really happy and pumped for all of you. Thank you all so very much for your continued support. I love that y'all show up every day. You bring the heat, you bring the fire. And uh, you make it you make it really good. This um, the daily. I do a lot with Simply Cyber, right? We got the Thursday lives, the Wednesday special series, the Monday let's plays. Um, we're doing the conference, all these things. But the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, uh, we do the produced videos. The Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is my favorite. Um, my favorite like service. Of the Simply Cyber platform that I deliver. I love the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast. Team Live, Team Replay, hybrids, getting people out of their comfort zone with Passive Observer and the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It's so good. Sublime Ghost. Yeah, no, no, no. I I am hyper engaged with my uh, family too. They're very supportive of what I do. Love it. right guys let's transition to jaw jacking if you'd like to um let me let me just look at my calendar really quickly as i i should really do it before i go live but okay yeah i've got time if you'd like to jaw jack let's holla 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 so there's a question in mod chat from kimberly asking if you rolled out an amazon s3 bucket years ago and now amazon is requiring it to be configured by default would they go back and adjust yours no what what would happen and i would i would i would strongly believe that amazon would do this is they would notify you that hey starting on june 1st 2023 all amazon s3 buckets will be uh configured secure by default right they, they send these notifications all the time they would probably advise you that because you have an s3 bucket that exists currently that you should go review but they wouldn't make a change because Amazon would run the risk of impacting your uh, production systems and your business operations and then I mean they could get sued uh, for for disrupting your business so they would not automatically do that CJ's asking about the Marines yeah so little tidbits tuesday um I I come from a Marine Corps family I was um you know I, I was at Lejeune uh if you if you're in the Marines you know what Lejeune is uh, I've been, I, I, I spent a lot of time at Lejeune, um, and, uh, my first, my first, you know, my first, like not my very first job, cause I got exploited in my very first job, but my, my first job that really launched my career, uh, was in, at the Pentagon and directly working for the Marine Corps. So I've been in HQMC. I, I just, I love the Marines. Um, I've got a lot of. I've got a lot a special place in my heart for the Marines. Uh, also, fun fact, if you haven't been to the Marine Corps Museum in Quantico, it's an absolute uh, worth your time. Absolutely worth your time. You could see it on 95 when you're driving by. It's got like a little spire that sticks out almost over the highway, but it's a great, it's a great uh, museum. Uh, CJ's asking about James McQuiggan and me. So James McQuiggan and I uh, ha- our talk has been accepted. We will be speaking at Wild West Hackenfest together. Um, so if you come, if you're coming to Deadwood, Wild West Hackenfest, uh, check it out. K- yeah, carrie has been in Lejeune. Uh, and then second of all, uh, James McQuiggan and I are talking. I-, I booked my flight for, uh, Vegas a couple days ago. McQuigan and I are talking about somehow, we got to figure out what it looks like, but Doing the daily cyber threat briefing live from Vegas in front of a studio audience, like in front of anyone here who wants to be there, and um, and streaming it live. I, I don't know what it'll look like. Remember last year, I did it from my hotel room, and you could watch the sun come up because it is 5 a.m. in Vegas when I do the streams. So 5 a.m. it's tough to get <laughs> it's tough to get an audience at 5 a.m. Um, in Vegas because most people are like you know, sleeping in because they went out last night, except this guy, <laughs> but, um, but we'll figure it out. We're talking about perhaps doing a live studio threat briefing. Um, but there's a lot of logistics involved, right? Like not just the hardware and setup and internet, but like, where do we do it? What's it look like? What time do we do it? How do we socialize it? You know, it, it, it's a, it's a big production, but it's something, it's something that we're, 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 uh, discussing and having some fun with. I want to remind everybody, if you did not um, know about it, I am doing another project. I'm doing a limited run series called How to Market Your Cyber Self every other Wednesday for eight Wednesdays. I will be live streaming with Virginia Case, who's the CEO of Stratic, which is a uh, cybersecurity marketing company and this eight part limited run series is all about helping you, the individual cybersecurity practitioner, market yourself, how to professionally network, how to like op- maximize uh, LinkedIn. And I mean, she has like real tactical things. Like like, like one thing she dropped in episode one was like, okay, you if you're gonna engage on LinkedIn, you should comment on the post first, more than 10 words, then like it, then shared if you do it in that order with those uh criteria you'll get larger amplification of your post right like things like that like things you wouldn't even know but she studied the algorithms and stuff so she's got like wicked actionable intel this will be episode two of eight um virginia's awesome this is uh a simply cyber original series is what i'm calling it for these like limited run series um so come you know check that out If you missed last night's stream, um, I did the um, video with uh, Venti, uh, Venka Teshwaran over at Intel. Guys, I'm going to share this in chat. If you didn't catch this last night, this was pretty gnarly. This was like pretty gnarly what was going on. Great talk. Super smart guy. I'm going to try to bring him back on the show. We were just talking about the Intel vPro platform and really how... You can leverage it to uh, be more secure as a business but this guy's got a lot of knowledge on quantum computing and ai and i really want him to come back on super smart guy super nice guy Um, so go check that stream out if you could Uh, obviously um, it goes a long way with the metrics as well so i'd appreciate you uh, uh, checking it out at least Maybe not watch the whole thing, but go check it out. It would be much appreciated from a simply cyber perspective. Grab those gifted subs, Jamie Flex. Right, man. Thank you, C.J. He was awesome. Yeah, I hear you, Sean Washington. We, I'm actually booked out. Um, so here's another thing, guys. Here's the thing. One of the, one of the one of the challenges. Jessica Probes getting the blue badging. Yes, Cyber Kill Jane. Today is my one-year anniversary. As the squad member, feels so fortunate. Thank you so much, Jessica Prope, Cyber Kill Jane. Get that blue badge. The blue badge looks good on you. Kimberly's rocking it too. So, guys, one of the casualties of my um, of my hectic, busy schedule is that I forget to tell you guys about stuff, right? Like things that are coming. I- I'm leaving. I'm living. I'm trying not to be reactive. I I am proactive with my planning and stuff, but oftentimes I forget to tell you guys things because I just have so much going on. Check this out, okay? Every Thursday, just like last night, I do a live interview, Simply Cyber Live, with industry guests. It's a one-hour long form. I've been doing it for years. The upcoming schedule of guests... Hold on. like If you're standing, sit down. Here are the guests coming up. We have J.J. Davey, right? You guys know him, sock analyst, great guy. He's been on the stream before. So J.J. Davey, John Hammond, another redhead, right? John Hammond, uh, Ben Nahamasek. We're going to talk Bug Bounty with him. Ipsec, um, the uh, YouTube content creator, uh, uh, offensive security professional. Uh, Keith Jones, PhD, coming in hot. Um, we're going to do live streams from Vegas. Like we, I've got some like unbelievable guests coming on. Um, it's just so cool. I'm just so grateful. Um, I'm just so grateful for for our community and all of the uh, all of the opportunity that I have been given to be able to connect with these individuals and bring them to you. Super cool. It's super cool. So I'm super excited about all of that. Um, so stay tuned for, for those. I'll be socializing them out. I've had these things lined up for actually like a, a, a little time. I just forget to tell you guys <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry, um, but I just, you know, like that's the thing that becomes a casualty, so I, I'm super pumped. Yeah, John Hammond is great. I love me some John Hammond. I connected with him at uh, Wild West Hackenfest. He actually attended my talk, which I thought was really nice. Oh, John was on uh, Recon InfoSec yesterday. I tried to get to Recon InfoSec. Guys, if you don't know about Recon InfoSec, they do this thing called Thursday Defensive every Thursday. <laughs> every Thursday. Um, you should definitely check it out. It's like live. It's it's unscripted. It's raw. It's real. It's cool. It's valuable. Um, yep, Network Chuck. Yep. Uh, go check out Recon InfoSec, and you can uh, check that out. um what uh, pursuit of bliss i don't know if you're talking to me or not but hold on i gotta get rid of this There we go all right any other uh questions or topics guys before we boogie out of here got i got a hey kathy chambers is here everybody i do need an assistant kathy i've had multiple people offer to help i just I'm just terrible at uh, at it, but I want to say hi to Kathy Chambers. I love me some Kathy Chambers. She's the uh, individual over at ACI Learning that I've been working with. Um, so if you guys didn't know, you can go to ACI Learning and actually uh, get 30% off um, your first month or your first year with any of the training over there. This isn't just an affiliate push. like The content over there is absolutely dynamite. I want to point out you get 30 percent with mine but if you want to save even more veterans first responders and i think teachers get 60 percent off so as much as i would love for you to use my code um i would i would prefer you save as much money as possible so definitely check out i don't know what the code is to get the 60 percent off but definitely check that out really great content going on over there let's see throwing my name in the ring for the assistant role oh thank you marcus i appreciate that <laughs> ben Howard wants the Lambo. Hashtag Lambo Gate. Oh, pursuit of bliss. I see what you're saying. Um I don't know what CT used what WhatsApp, Jamie. Um I don't know. I guess maybe if you guys want, uh, maybe I could create a um like a uh, some type of like Marketing channel or please share channel or something under the simply cyber category on the discord server and I could post stuff there and Do you guys wanted to share there? Maybe that would work. I never thought of you know um, that before Oh, well, thank you Anthony. That was very nice of you And I'm telling you what Anthony you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. It's really great content Daniel Lowry's over there Uh, Sophia Goodwin obviously Kathy Chambers behind the glass so Who's my favorite hip-hop artist? Oh, boy. Lamar Anderson asking, who's my favorite hip-hop artist? Whew, That's a tough one, man. Um, damn, that's a really good question. I really like... Um, I really like Tribe Called Quest. And I don't know if you're asking for an individual. Like like Biggie and Tupac, obviously, are, are legends. I love, love Tribe Called Quest. Um yeah that, that would probably be my tops like midnight marauders is hands down my like one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time i love outcast too uh luda's good i've seen uh the roots in concert more than any other group i got to see um run dmc in the late 90s which was pretty cool i also saw biz Marquee. that was terrible he was a mess i saw 50 cent that was an awful concert he sucked um, let's see. All right. Let's go. Nick. He appreciates it. When I go into, into topics. Thank you. Ruckus is saying, Hey, Doc. Oj, oh, excited to share that. I passed the CompTIA. Yes. My friend. Yes. Win, win, win. Yes. I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, so Lam- what do you mean? No way Lamar, uh, uh, I know, Group, you said you liked Outkast. Yeah, no, no, I, I do like Outkast quite a bit. Um, I love Tribe. You wanna know a hot take? Um, Okay, so here, here's a hot take. The thing that I normally get into arguments with people about is I think Nas is overrated. I think Nas is overrated. I get into arguments all the time with people about how good Nas is. And I think, I don't think he's top five. I could make an argument; he's not top ten, okay, but definitely not top five. A lot of people get upset with me. A lot of people get upset with me when I say that Nas is not a top five. And there we go. I <laughs> simply cyber. Uh, I just like I just alienated half of the simply cyber community. They're like, like, um, oh my god. Uh, let me let me. Uh. <laughs> Oh my god, not shopping. Come on, bro. Oh, come on, where is it? Right. I'm like, Nas is overrated. And they're like, oh! <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, good. I love it. So, Jim Rick Martin's in on. Um, Simply Cyber and then all the Nas lovers are out on Simply Cyber got it Brooklyn Brooklyn. Hey, I will tell you this though a Nas a Nas song came on um, My my Playlist the other day and I actually found myself jamming to it and then I realized it was Nas and I was like I'm not al- <laughs> I'm not allowed to like this. So uh, I love you know who I do love that doesn't get a lot of love um, Gangstar. If, if you guys know Gangstar, um, I mean, Gangstar got love back in the day, but I feel like a lot of people like still hear about Tribe, still hear about De La Soul, still hear about Big L and Um, um Biggie and Pac and stuff. But I feel like Gangstar doesn't get the love it r- deserves. Ooh, Jay-Z's overrated. Okay, there we go. I think, I think Jay-Z's an incredible uh, lyricist. Yeah, so... DJ Premier, I mean, are you kidding me? He's like one of the best. Like, DJ Premier is so good that when you hear a song with DJ Premier on it, you know immediately it's DJ Premier. That's how awesome Premier is. Joel B. I'm not sure what which one you're talking about. Beastie. Beastie Boys is good. You know, Beastie Boys is interesting because they like resurrected their career in the late 90s with, um, with, um, oh, God, what was the name of that album that had Intergalactic on it? Um. Hello, Nasty. Yeah, 98. You remember in 98? They, like, reinvented their... I mean, it, it was cool. Paul's Boutique. Paul's Boutique's interesting. A lot of people think Paul's Boutique is, like, you know, paradigm shifting. It's okay. It's all right. Jenny Housley, Q-tip. Um, hey, you know what I might do? You know what could be kind of a fun activity if you guys are interested? Because I can share a Spotify playlist. If I if I put together like a curated um, 90s hip-hop gold, like deep cuts. So it's not going to be like juicy from Biggie, right? It Like that's an obvious one. But like do a deep cuts top 25 hip-hop playlist. That could be fun if anyone's interested in that. Oh, Eric B and Rakim. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of, um, Eric B and Rakim, um, and Big L and Big Daddy Kane. Like, they kind of, uh, were trailblazers back in the day. Get out of here. Lego sack, come on. <laughs> um, Cyber Kill Jane, Curtis Blow, yeah. Okay. Holy crap. You were at the phrenology release party? That's awesome. For I didn't really care for phrenology personally, but that's awesome that you were there, Emilio Garcia. And J I L L S C O T T. Jill Scott up in there, slick rick, yep. Yeah, Eminem's good. Eminem is really good. The JBs, yep. Yep. You know who's another wicked deep cut? DOS Effects. Here, check this out. Listen to this song. This is DOS Effects. You don't hear this, but this is just crazy. What year is this? This is probably like 91. I I don't know the exact year.
1: All do. right.
0: Like, he just rhymed, yabba-doo, hippity-hoo, dippi <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? That's awesome. It's just, I, I don't know, man. DOS effects. that's another one that like is a deep, deep cut. Mob deep, yeah. So, Oh, cool. Jim Rick Martin's a former hip-hop artist. That's super cool. All right, Alana is voting for the playlist. I'll, I'll, I'll put together a playlist. It won't take me any time at all. I mean, I, I listen to this music all the time. I know I look like a stiff cardboard, uh, <laughs> like corporate cutout up here, but I do have some deep cuts. Uh, you know who's also really big into hip-hop? Joe Hudson. If you guys know Joe Hudson, uh, reformed cyber recruiter now over at TCM. Um, <laughs> That's funny, Carrie. Yeah, I'll release it. J5. Yeah, J5's really good. Charlie Tuna. That guy's voice is awesome. Woo. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why Nas is not top five. Like, look at all these awesome groups and artists that were dropping in chat. I am big into country, too, though. I do like country. I like, you know who I really like? Chris Stapleton. Guys, here's the thing. If you've noticed over time, I'm eclectic across all of information security, right? Like I love Red Team, I love CTI, I love GRC, right? Like I, I love insurance. I'm like one of the rare people that like cyber insurance. Like I'm all about all of it, right? Cause I can appreciate every aspect of it. It's same with music guys. I love, I love hip hop. I love the complexity. I love the thought that goes into it. I love the technique. But then country i like the way it makes me feel i like how emotional invested a lot of the country songs are like chris stapleton's music and stuff like that um yeah so i'm all i'm all about it you know what i don't like a lot of this manufactured garbage that's coming out uh you know nowadays although mrs osier did play a selena gomez song called calm down which was a meta joke because she says i'm like amped up all the time so she's like calm Calm down, calm down or whatever. It's like some new song. I did, I did find it. Uh, Interesting. Nice. Sean Washington. That's cool. Africa Bumbada. You know, uh, um, refugees, or the Fugees, excuse me, Fugees. Yeah. Uh, Brandon's asking about cyber insurance, be a good entry into cyberspace. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge area right now, uh, Brandon, there's a lot of people in the insurance space talking about it. So if you could become specialized, if you want, I know, I know a guy who works in the cyber insurance space as a, I think a broker. Uh, he's a really nice guy. I could introduce you. His name's uh, Jeffrey Smith. He's out of Florida. Uh, oh yeah. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Huge Taylor Swift fan. Cornelia Street? I mean, come on. Her her original album, 89, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, before she became uh pop. Whoa. She really, you know, Taylor Swift, for what it's worth, she really gets deep into the um emotions and stuff. She's awesome. Uh I, I appreciate Lauren Hill. You know. I don't know. Like Lauren Hill was kind of like the Beyonce of whatever the group was, Beyonce was, was, right? Like Fujis were excellent, but Lauren Hill was exceptional, you know, and I know that they had some um, you know beef and whatever, but they actually did like a reunion concert on a rooftop in New York City. Um, I talked to some I liked the concert. It, it, you can catch it on um, online, but um, uh, some some diehard Fuji fans told me they didn't like it. Let me see this really quickly. Yeah, here's the um I don't know if you'll be able to catch it. Oh yeah, here it is. You could see here, like you could see you can get all these each song has been broken up, but there there is a video on YouTube of the entire event. Uh I watched it. Yeah, Miss Education's good. Shania Twain, I love it. Oh thank you, Sung Easy. Nas is overrated. All right, guys, this has been wicked fun. Like, what a, what a great Friday uh, hangout. What a great social um, jaw jack section. Some news, some coffee, some good music. I'll throw that playlist together. I'll call it, I don't know, simply cyber hip hop deep cuts, uh, and uh, we can we can jam to that. Oh, souls of mischief. 93 till I was just listening 93 till just the other day Far Side another good one can can the song passing me by get sampled and replayed and Repackaged any anymore that song is like so up in there, so Alright guys, I I had a wonderful time. Thanks so much for getting the Friday rocking. Yeah, actually, you know what? Okay, so Barry Page you, you you grabbed me. I tried to leave, and you pulled me right back in. The entire like uh, mid '90s kind of alt rock scene: Corn, Nine Inch Nails, Tool, Limp Biscuit to some degree, Godsmack. Um, that whole that whole genre. Corn was awesome. Tool was awesome. Like, I mean, and then you get like Pantera. That's a little bit harder, but I, I did enjoy some Pantera. Um... Anyways, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Alright, System of a Down, oh my god. You guys, you guys are like buffer overflowing my schedule right now. I wanna, um, thank all of you for being here. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm, I'm uh, gonna be, I'm gonna be driving for, uh, 16 hours, so... <laughs> next time you see me, I will be in the, um... In the mobile studio, so giddy up on that. Hey, Paul Savage, likes some Godsmack. Uh, fun fact, I think it was 99? I was at a Godsmack concert for New Year's Eve, right? So at midnight, they literally blew up their tour bus. (laughs) I forget what year that was. Godsmack, um, New Year's Eve, blow up tour bus. Let me see what this was. Um... Oh my god. Hold on one second, I want to know what year it was. New Year's Eve. Ugh. Whatever. It wasn't like they blew it up in my face. Like, it was- it was at a- a a controlled thing, but, um, whatever. Anyways, sorry, I can't find it right now. It was a good concert, though. Alright, everybody, now I'm really- Yes, Jamie, exactly. Um, now I'm really, really going- Oh, by the way, here, final, 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 final thing? You guys are killing me today. (laughs) You know what's a really awesome album? I love this album. You guys ever heard of, heard or seen this one? Yoshimi Battle for the Pink Robots. Oh, you're not going to be able to see it. All right, hey, in fact, I'm actually going to send you guys out with uh, this song. I love this song. second all right guys thank you so much i'm going to send you guys out with yoshimi battles the pink robot i know it sounds ridiculous but it's such a great song i'm jerry you're simply cyber community thanks so much for hanging out i had a wonderful time be good everybody and we'll see you monday at 8 a.m eastern time from the mobile studio for the daily cyber threat brief podcast be good everybody be good to each other and until next time Stay secure. I'm not even going to play the outro, because I want to get right into this flaming lips.
1: The black belt and karate Working for the city She has to discipline her body Cause she knows that it's demand. Take it on.